All righty, what's, uh, what's brought you guys on for the call tonight? What would you like to get into today's session? Uh, Pete, I know I'm super pumped to chat with you. You've been a member of ours for uh, a couple of years now, which is amazing. Yeah, I think I'm in year three, Barry. Just about, yeah. If that indicates that I'm a slow learner or that I'm just, you know, really enjoying what you guys give me. Well, considering when you joined, uh, you were ready to sell out of business. Um, I don't know, like, I think we're just seeing how long we can keep you for, but no, no, in all seriousness though, it's been a, it's been a wild three years that I can't wait to kind of share with everyone uh, what's going on. I'm going to get rid of this ridiculous background, by the way, too. Um, so if you've just joined the call, love to know, what do you want to get into today's call with myself and Pete? Uh, Pete's been a member of the Game Changers for just about going on three years now. Um, moved into boardroom a year and a bit ago as well. Um, still obviously active involved in the Optimus program as well. We had a bunch of you guys that are on the call here uh, on Zoom. And I can see there's a bunch of you guys uh, on Facebook as well. So hello, if you're joining us from the Inner Game group as well. Uh, Ram would like to know issues before joining TGC, uh, et cetera, et cetera, which is cool. So what have you got, Ram? <laughs> issues. Woo. All righty. So look, uh, I want to have a bunch of fun. Like for me, uh, I'm trying to bring a lot more fun into day to day. And Pete, I know that we always have a hell of a good time when we catch up together. Um, so I want to have a bunch of fun. I want you guys to all walk away with at least one thing to implement into your business to help you to grow uh, faster, more effectively, more fulfillingly. Uh, Pete, I'd love if you walk away with something as well, if not um, just a, a belly full of laughs. But to kick us off, like share with the guys, like your business, what is it particularly that you guys do? Sure. Okay. And look, my business has changed pretty much. I mean, um, so let me go in sort of to the start of um, um, my journey. Um, I had quite a successful career in journalism. From journalism, I went and worked in government as a media advisor to a, um, a minister. Um, and, you know, I had to look after a lot of contentious issues there. Um, had lots of fights with journalists. So having come from a journalist to then fighting journalists um, and then into um, a role in PR. And I traveled um, to the UK, worked in the UK as a, um, in a PR company uh, and also in, an, in a, um, a government role in the UK as well. Um, came back here and then started working in um, agencies. So I'd worked across agency land and that big multinational agencies. Um, worked um, for industry associations, um, the Australian Hotels Association, um, where we were um, looking to get um, poker machines into um, the pubs because the pubs were about to die. Um, it was a terrible time for the pub industry. Um, unfortunately, now they've turned into a bit of a you know, pokey den, um, which I'm not for anyway. But anyway, that was some of the work that I did there. Um, and then into um, um, corporate life, where I worked um, for a number of corporates, Telstra being one. Um, and then um, decided to help a mate set up a PR company. When I helped set up the PR company, the intent was always that I was going to get a bit of an earning into the business. He would go off and become chairman. I would continue on the business. And um, um, that was great. And I brought in lots of business. Um, and about the year two, I said, well, now we've got to start talking about this arrangement that we'd sort of flagged. Um, to which point he said, yeah, sure. Um, and then tried to get me on a five times earning um, buy-in um, to the business, which, um, Barry, you know me well enough to know what I would have said to him. Yeah. I won't repeat it here for the, um, the young kids joining us from home. Line, yeah. You know, I don't want to like get Tom sort of like thinking bad things 
anyway, um, so I um, decided that I was going to get and set myself up um, and I backed myself. Yeah. Which I did. And um, uh, Lighthouse started out of my um, study in Dremoyne. Um, I picked up um, two clients um, on the first day, um, which was good. Um, one being Telstra. Um, some of my mates had um, decided that they would like to um, um, work with me again and utilize my skills. Um, and then another one, which was um, uh, a company called Omid, or back then it was um, uh, called um, Network um, Outdoor. And it was an outdoor company, very small company. It was a listed company, 20 cents share stock. So they pretty much signed up on um, day one for a whole big retainer of, I think at that time it was about 2000 um, per month, which wasn't going to get me anywhere fast. But anyway, I was able to grow the business. You know, we, we, we had a pretty rapid rise in a pretty quick time. I think by year three, we were, you know, hit the um, revenue mark of one mil. Um, we had, um, we were delivering consistent 15 to 20% growth year on year. And even after that, we were doing that. Um, we were getting margins of around that 25%. So things were looking really great and we had really positive cash flow. Yeah. Um, so business is going great. And, and, you know, that was where we, where we got to um, up till about 10 years into life. Um, you know, growth kept on going, staff kept on growing, everything was going great. Um, we expanded the offer, so I added a digital agency. So in addition to Lighthouse Communications, I had Brightpoint Digital. And in that, I um, had some structures. While I said it was great, there were challenges along the way. Yeah. In my um, fifth year of business, um, someone had actually, I gave someone um, a bit of opportunity to uh, earn equity in my business. And he was going to be the business partner and he was going to help grow the business. We had the same vision in terms of what we wanted to achieve in terms of growth. Um, but, you know, we, um, year five, we had a bit of a um, disagreement. Um, and he had by that time earned about 20% equity in the business um, and decided that he wanted to move on. Um, which was quite a painful experience to go through, you know. Um, you know, I've been through painful breakups in relationships before my wife, obviously, um, and uh, that was bad. But this was really hard, and, and it was a challenge because not only was there, you know, an emotional connection, clearly, um, but there was also the big financial considerations that you're going through as well. Uh, this guy had 20, you know, 20% business. Um, he wanted to earn it. Um, he wanted to get a big multiplier on his, because um, at that stage, our industry was earning, you know, 7%, 8% multiples on um, EBIT. Um, so he wanted that sort of money. And I'm going, well, I can't pay you that. Um, so the best thing that I did learn at that stage is when I set up the business, I had a really good lawyer who did a really bloody good contract, um, which meant that um, I didn't have as many issues as I could potentially had in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's a, there's a bunch I want to dive into. First, I just want to say good day. Uh, good day, Aaron, uh, Cole, Heather, Christy, Ram, Sue Ann, Terry, Tom. A uh, bunch of people on Facebook. If you are on Facebook, can't see, just jump in the comments and say hello. Let us know that you're there. Uh, Georgie, your, your partner in crimes, give you a little wave. Uh, Edie's there as well. So you, you, you kind of decided to go out on your own. And from what I heard you say, it felt like you almost ended up in a situation where there was almost a false sense of security. Sure, there was challenges. The business was going fairly well. You're kind of carving your own way. 
at some point in time uh, you felt, hey, like this guy's a, a good opportunity to, to try to come in, help me grow the business, um, which, which didn't turn out so well. Uh, luckily, there was a good lawyer in place prior, which, which assisted you, but you still ran into some trouble. And you would be, you'd be amazed at how many people we speak to that are fairly new in business are like, oh, I've got this great person who shares my values and they're just going to become a business partner. And most of the time, most of the time, it doesn't end well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I'm glad that I had that. And also, you know, it's really about, yes, okay, share the same values, but um, sometimes you need some of that opposites. You need some of that yin and yang. Maybe we're too, too close and too similar. Um, and also, to be fair, you know, my business acumen had only been learned from where I'd worked. Yeah. Okay? Um, and working in agency land, you know, PR consultancy agencies, they're just good at consulting. Yeah. But in terms of business, building a business, they're not necessarily great at it. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things, you know, like I was a great consultant. I, I could, you know, talk strategy, um, build brands. I, you know, I could help brands through crises. And, you know, I, I had a lot of crises to help navigate through with clients um, and successfully ensure that they walked away with their reputation intact. Yeah. I could understand what we needed to do as practitioners. I could understand and, you know, I, when I first started the business, social media wasn't really a thing. No. You know? um, I think it was, I think the year that I formed, Facebook went live, but it wasn't like minuscule. Yeah. Uh, well, back, back then we started MySpace. Well, I wasn't going to say that because I didn't want to sound old. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say it. So back, back then we had MySpace. Um, yeah. And I'm curious to know, like, how many of you on the call can relate? Like, how many of you started a business because you kind of were working for someone else in a similar industry and thought it was time to forge your own way in the same industry. Like how many of you just kind of, I guess, similar to Pete went through that journey that he went through to, to end up doing what he's doing now. And so you grew this business, you had some issues with the business partner, um, which, you know, it was painful emotionally and financially, um, which you managed to get out of. And then just before you met us, you had a, a client that was about 30% of your revenue. Is that right? Oh, even more, uh, 45 um, yeah. No, you know, um, so post that experience, um, things were going well. We held clients. One of those clients was, you know, um, uh, and he had a bit to do was Telstra as well. Um, so we held all the clients, growth continued, trajectory, and I'm thinking, okay, everything's great, you know, a little setback. <laughs> we, 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 we avoided that one. We avoided that one, yeah, um, yep. absolutely. Um, uh, and that was until my, the end of about year 10 of Lighthouse. Um, where we had um, our biggest client um, decide to uh, do a um, review. Um, it was about the third review we've been through. Um, and uh, um, uh, that decision ended a um, decade-long relationship. Um, yeah. It was 45% of the business. Um, I remember the call, you know, distinctly. I, I remember receiving a call from someone that I'd worked with at Telstra, a mate who was like, hi, um, can we just go to coffee for a second? And that was ominous. And I just like walked out of that office and I'm thinking, shit, what, what am I going to hear? There's half my business gone. Half my business like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I went, got told. I remember walking back into the office and I just had to be very calm. I didn't want to show any emotion. I didn't want to show anything. Um, I guess one of the things and one of my learnings over this time is, you know, not to hold everything in. 
You know, mm -hmm. as business owners, sometimes your pride gets in your way, your ego gets in your way, yeah. and you go, oh, look, I'll just look after it. Yeah. So even though we lost 40% of the, or 45% of the business, I go, guys, it's, you know, bet bow, bit of a problem, but we can, you know, we all rally together, we can work this through, we can move it. But as you're probably aware, and for those that aren't aware out there, you know, idle hands actually creates a real issue in the workforce. So we've, you know, lost 45% of my business, I get the staff on, there was some, you know, attrition over like the next year and a half where, some, you know, people moved on, they go, well, I just won't employ them and, you know, won't replace them. Um, but all the other idle people, they started just getting into a bit of a groove that wasn't really good for the business. Um, mm -hmm. There was negativity in the business. There was um, a bit of, um, you know, um, poisonous um, individuals in the business. Um, and I probably was a bit like an ostrich and put my head in the sand a little yeah. bit. Why did I do that? I think it was to really avoid conflict. You know, I'm not one for conflict and I tried, you know, I was avoiding it. So um, that set off a bit of a, you know, downward trend from there um, for a couple of years. And, and so we're talking to like, you're, you're not a, a new business owner like you. This is 10 years in, yeah. 10 years in. Avoided near miss the business partner, client forty five percent went over. Like you said, took it all on your own, and I think that was just before you met us. And the funny thing was, is that um, there was never you that joined us. It was actually your your beautiful wife. She made the decision to join us and kind of like said, "Hey, you're coming along." And I remember the first time we met you, and there's a lot of skepticism because you'd done things like this before, and it hadn't worked very well for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, I think I was dragged into it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's be honest, you were. I was dragged into it. She yeah. um, thought she was doing the right thing. I was pretty angry that I got dragged into it. Um, and, um, you know, I was, I was skeptical about what you guys would be able to deliver, really. Because yeah. you had, have had business coaches in the past. Um, and, you know, I um, just felt, okay, a lot of offer, but really are they going to come through? Yeah. And that skepticism lasted for a little bit of time, Barry. I think you're aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and also, you know, um, and it was funny because a lot of the skepticism that I had was part of the reason why Emily had suggested I become involved. And that was also looking at the inner game as opposed to just the business side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember your first intensive was Perth. It was Perth at Novotel. And I looked at you guys and I was like, oh, I don't know if Pete's going to come back, was the feeling that I had. It was just a bit of a vibe because it was a bit I of dis I nearly didn't. I will tell you now. Yeah. There was a bit of disengagement in, in you, in what we're sharing, you know, and rightly so too. Like you're, to some degree, if I can share, like your, your ego had been a bit dented. You've been in business for a long time. You've done a lot and been through a shitload. And when you met us, your kind of core thing was like, I just want to get my business to a position and, and sell out. Like I want to exit. And I remember I said to you, I was like, yeah, the amount of clients that we have to say that. And after working with us, they decide they want to keep their business because things change. And you, you distinctly said, that's not going to happen for me. <laughs> like, like six, six to nine months and I want to be out. Yeah. Well, you know, look, I'm, I'm still going to say I will be out at some stage, Barry. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to I want to dive into the reason that I share that though, Pete. I think it's a really important point because 
you know, if a business is set up properly, it can be a vehicle to create a more fulfilling life. Yet the experience that most of us have is that, like you said, like you, all that you knew with, about your business was based on businesses you'd worked for in the past. Yeah. So anything that they did well or not so well was inherent in the way that you operate your business and, and that framework, because like, let's be honest, we're not brought up being taught or told how to run a business. And a lot of the way that we are being brought up, like in the schooling system and stuff like that conditions us to not make mistakes. Yeah. conditions us to not go outside the, the realm of norm normality. Absolutely. Yeah, and look, you know, I think, um, so, you know, a as a result of that, like I, I see it in my business in two parts. You know, we had 1.0 of Lighthouse. Um, that was a good business. We were delivering great results for our clients. Yeah. You know, the fact is that, you know, m the clients that were there in 1.0 are still with us today. Mm. The outer, outer vision of what, or outer view of what we were doing was wonderful, but you know, internally there's a few structurally fucked up things, if I could say it that way. You know, we, yeah. we, we had what, you know, we had a purpose, we had a vision and, and that was articulated to the team. Yeah. But it was articulated in a way that wasn't really resonating. It wasn't ingrained within our business. So mm. it was nice words, right? It was like, um, you know, it, it was just there and yeah. And then because it wasn't ingrained in the business, you know, some months later, you'd have people going, I just don't know what I'm doing here. What mm. are we about? And it's like, well, we've already said what we're about. Yeah. Very clear. But because we weren't keeping it front of mind all the time at 1.0, it wasn't sort of, you know, part of our, our way really. Yeah. Uh, also during that time, you know, there probably wasn't a really good team structure. I didn't have the, you know, the, the A players um, around and in the right place. And it was just a bit fragmented. And then there's no processes or systems because, and I think I said to you at one stage, Barry, in the early stages, when you started rabbiting on about the processes and systems, I'm like, no, Barry, we're PR, we're creative. Systems, processes, bugger that. Yeah. So, you know, that was the 1.0. Yeah. And so, I think you asked about, you know, what some of the things were some of the failures, some of the challenges, you know, we've talked about those. We've talked about what we weren't doing right. Um, you know, I was you're making money though. Like that, that's the thing is a that, great consultancy. Yeah. You, you were making good profit um, pre obviously the, the client leaving and things like that. You guys were, so there wasn't necessarily the inclination or the, the reason to change things. Cause it's like, Oh, like we're in business and businesses make money. We're making money, but there's all this other stuff that was happening as a result of it that you knew didn't need to be that way. Yeah. Look, it was good business, was a great no. You know, I, I think um, Keith and I now talk about it in terms of, you know, it was a great consultancy, but it wasn't necessarily a great business. Yeah, yeah. And there's a big difference um, with that as well. And, and, and please guys, just ask your questions. I'll get to absolutely all of them. Uh, hey, Tony, hey, Vanessa, hey, Lachlan, join us on Facebook as well. Um, it's funny because uh, I've given a few of you guys, I think like eight of you, um, the manuscript for uh, uh, my new book, which is coming out very soon. And uh, Tom Cross, who I can see is on the call, um, was one of them. He wrote back to me um, with some amazing feedback. But just the other day, he said, holy shit, like I realized there's just some small little gaps missing out of some of the stuff I've put in place that are going to make a huge difference. And, and one of those is like what you said, it's like, oh yeah, but I've got a mission mission, and we've got a vision, like tick. But there's a difference between having it and having it alive in your business. The difference between going to a business that's got it plastered on their wall 
versus one that actually has it ingrained in their DNA is exponential in terms of the culture. Like I was thinking the other day, like I'm having my staff on these freedom series as part of the launch of my book. And I was like, oh shit, like all my competitors, people in the marketplace are going to see my staff. Are they going to try and poach my staff? And the answer is yes. Like we often have people try to poach our sales people on sales calls. Like, Hey, leave the game changers, come work for me. Heather's been tried to be poached a number of times, Maybelline as well. And the funny thing is, is I was thinking about today, there's actually not a worry in my whole entire body that is concerned about any of my team leaving somewhere to go somewhere else for more money. Because what they have from a culture and a values perspective and financially looked after well, far outweighs what someone else can walk in the door and give. And that's an issue we don't have and we won't ever have. But a lot of companies do have that because they haven't got the vision, the mission, uh, alive and ingrained uh, in the business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and if I think about that, you know, one of the values that we had, if I was turning up not delivering it, which I wasn't, when I wasn't going to the team and you know, yeah. I was <laughs> like in the early stages, I go, okay, guys, we want to have this one-on-one -on -one monthly and it's just you and I time. Yeah. You know, the question is really to delve into all the issues, all the problems, to try to help, you know, better their experiences to help understand what they want in life because sometimes you know staff don't vocalize it i had someone leave about um oh, a year ago and she was brilliant i'm going why and she goes oh, i just want to do this and i said well why didn't you talk to me when we had those opportunities why yeah. didn't you vocalize that because i could have potentially changed the business around to suit that need yeah still being an integral part of our business but that but that's our job though that that's why we need to have a business that runs without us yeah. not because we want to spend all day at the beach but until we get to that stage we actually haven't got the energy the brain power the the awareness of these nuances in our business that could either create potential growth or collapse areas of business because we're too busy in it yeah yeah, and that's what I was going to say. So, you know, one of my values was about, you know, um, um, being, um, um, doing what we say we would. I'd say, hey, we're going to do this. Next minute, you know, shit flying everywhere from clients, trying to stop an issue from over here, launching a new product, people all over the place. And then, you know, clients getting a bit jittery. And then all of a sudden you sort of go, well, we'll just push that to the side. Yeah. We'll push that to the side. Soon enough, you know, six months pass and I've not done once for six months. Yeah. So yeah. that doesn't live the values. And yet then I say, well, the values weren't being delivered. So, yeah. Um, and, 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 and they start to unconsciously and even consciously distrust you as a leader because you're not, number one, you're not integral with your word and with the values of the company. Um, so it's like, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, and number two, they don't trust that you can actually lead them through potential crisis of what's coming up because you're showing that in the lack of consistency with what you're saying versus what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I want to jump to a few questions and please guys chuck them in here. Uh, Rams first on what issues did you have before you joined TJC three years ago? Uh, and can you comment on the three biggest learnings or milestones that you've achieved in 12 months, two years, and, and you're just going into your third year now? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think the issues I've talked about, you know, the Lighthouse 1.0, it was, you know, as I said, good business, clients loved us, getting great results, but there wasn't the fundamentals underpinning what we, you know, to keep the business sustainable and also to have a business that was a business that's actually going to be one that's a saleable commodity that's going to, you know, got uh, that's sustainable as well. Um, so moving forward to where we're at now, 
Um, I think you guys know that I've just recently gone through a bit of a rebrand. This is all part of, you know, the, the new look of Lighthouse. Um, yeah. We've got a um, very clear um, view as to, you know, what our purpose is. And that's to, you know, guide, business, guide um, reputations um, to deliver sustainable returns for our clients. So we've got a very clear, we know what we're about now, um, which wasn't there. And it's part of our little, um, you know, as part of our collateral, as cover it. We've also got our approach of, you know, our lighthouse approach, a very distinct way that we're going to deliver a program for you. So we've done a lot of work in that. Um, so that's, you know, I think um, this is all part of a new look. So we've gone and we've really gone into our values, our purpose, our mission, and it's talked about. We often talk about it, we use it, but when we're employing, and I don't do employment only now, I say to the guys, you've got to employ and you've got to be looking at those values and making sure that the people that you're employing live those values. Mm. Now we've got a, we, we do a, a winning the week, and that was um, something that um, Georgie was really the one that got me really excited about it. He showed me um, one of the decks that he'd done. You know, and it's just sort of changed the business a lot. Yeah. There's a whole lot of transparency. We talk about our values. We talk about, we call out people for living the values. Yeah. We've got a um, call out a mate section. Um, and yes, I absolutely copied that from you, Georgie. Um, yeah, freak a mate. We've got that. We've got the call out a mate. And um, it, it's, um, you know, tremendous. And it's now become a little thing where people go and get photos in front of the PowerPoint where their name is called up in terms of the one that's being called out the most. Um, it's a really fun, fun thing. Um, so having, you know, having the structured weekly um, uh, winning the week plus our morning huddles has been amazing for the business. Yeah. Everyone knows what everyone's doing. There is a lot of energy, a lot of support there. Uh, the monthly one-on-ones, I mentioned that. We've been doing that. It's been incredible. Like, and the feedback's great. Not only do we do one-on-one -on -one, um, monthly one-on-ones, the guys now come back and say, "Here are the key points for you, Peter, that you've got to focus on, and here are the things that I'm going to focus on." They're setting their KPIs for a month of what I'm going to deliver in this month, additional to their KPIs for the job. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other thing, going back to one thing that I said, Barry, it could never happen in PR, and that's processes and systems. We have got you know, really good systems when we onboard our clients, how we onboard them, a client love program. So when you're, you know, when you're now become a client, here's what's going to happen throughout the way. Mm. We're going to get your quarterly phone calls from me or a quarterly lunch with me where we're going to talk about how, we, how we're doing um, and a lot of review processes, plus all some, some nice gifts in between. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, and there's been a huge shift too. Like you talked a bit about culture, but like in your hiring and the people you have for you as well and the way that they're willing to work. And you, you guys landed some big deals during COVID as well. Like why that was going on and, you know, some people were tightening up budgets. Like I remember the, the last intensive, like in, in the midst of when things were really kicking off, you guys closed a, a thumper of a deal as well. Which has only got, just got bigger recently as well. So yeah. Um, it's just continuing to grow that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, plus, not only did we get that, but the other thing is that we had a lot of our clients who I was watching them and they were losing their staff. They were cutting, you know, staff back. They were standing down staff. Um, another client had um, reduced the um, hours that their staff was working, plus also so making some significant cuts. Some as much as 10% of their workforce being cut. 
when that starts happening, you do get nervous, right? You know, you're going, well, what's that mean for Lighthouse? Um, for all three major clients, I had the CEOs ringing me up directly and saying, by the way, to let you know, while this is happening, we're going, you're buffered. You're yeah. ring You will not be affected by this. Yeah. So we do need you. We do value what you're delivering. Amazing. And, and I want to touch on that. I can't remember who it was. Someone uh, wrote in the group a couple of days ago and said that work had slowed right down or dried right up for them. And uh, in the trade sector, and wanted to know if that was the case for other tradies. And um, a couple have popped in and said it wasn't for them. And, and I know for a fact, there's many tradies, you guys that are just killing it right now. Um, and what I, what I shared in there is that like what's happening for us right now is often a result of what we've done yesterday and last week and last month and last year. So that could have been a very different situation for you, Pete, had you not have had the prior relationships with your clients, had you not have done the prior legwork, had you not have built those things into your business because they valued you, they valued you enough to ensure that you're on the, the no scratch zone, you know, that you weren't going to be affected by what was going on. That, that may have been because they valued you in that moment or because they had seen the perceived value for days and weeks prior to that, that it's, this is not even questionable. Right. Uh, and this is, I do know for one, it was a, the value of me. That was a 2k client back then in the, you know, start who helped them go through a private type going from public to private to then being listed again, much bigger business. And, you know, he has absolutely in front of everyone told his team that, you know, it was a lot to do with Lighthouse's support to have grown that business significantly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so this, I guess, is what I want to express to all of you guys is that often in business, we have a problem and we, we, we try to fix it. But the problem you're trying to fix is not the real problem. It's a symptom, right? It's a second order or third order consequence of the actual problem. So don't be so quick to run in and try to slap a bandaid on something like spend some time to actually sit down and work out where did this originate from and realizing that after the things you put in place to fix it now, you won't see results of today or next week. Like we, we spent money and started hiring more staff uh, end of March into April when everyone else was like downsizing and letting team know. And we, we, April was, I wouldn't say it was a tough month for us, but we definitely, definitely went backwards in revenue in terms of the growth streak that we were on. Um, but in saying that, like we felt it was the right decision to, to gear up in staff and that is paying dividends in our business. Like the last month and a half, tenfold through making that decision. We could make that decision based on prior decisions, based on the foundations we've built. So I guess I want to emphasize is that, that often we want to react in business and do something quickly. But Pete, the reason you had that, and I think you'd agree too, is because of the long-standing, you know, step after step after step after step you guys took to get there and to see you through that process and, you know, like your ability to kind of keep focusing on moving the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, Ram, did we answer your question? Uh, Lachlan said, what was the biggest uh, thing TJC helped you with, Peter? Um, Lachlan, let us know if you've answered that, but Pete, what's the biggest thing you feel that we've helped you with? Um, look, I think there's probably two. Um, one which is, you know, just really getting my mindset right. Um, yeah, as Barry mentioned, I was ready to give it up. Um, I had a few offers and I just felt that that wasn't right. Um, and I, I probably was 
you know, pride got in the way of what I was doing. And it was sort of like it was counter in a way, you know, like what I was trying to do was counter what should have been happening. So just setting me straight, getting me in the mind, right mindset, getting me to let go of a little bit of ego. And like, look, ego is healthy. We all need a little bit of it. Um, but, you know, having the right level of ego yeah. um, and making sure that ego doesn't stand in the way of good decision making. Yeah. Not something that was important to me. Um, having a lot more confidence in myself to mm. handle some of the conflict as well. Um, yeah. I, before, you know, like I hate conflict. Um, I'll yeah, do but, but losing losing forty five percent of your business overnight is enough to bash anyone's confidence around. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I, I look, I, I've gained a hell of a lot more confidence um, as a result of working with you guys as well. Yeah. Um, but but then also keeping me accountable. You know, like from my one on one. Um, I do, you know, Keith does hold me to account yeah. and does make sure that I'm delivering on my promises as well. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you three quick questions? Number one, from the time you started to now, is your business making more money as a result of working with us? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, have you got the ability to have more time off or more free time than what you had before? Um, I do, but I'm now putting that back into, I'm reinvesting that time off into the business growth as opposed to doing the do. Yeah, and trying to like keep the wheels turning. Yeah. Um, and number three, is, is, is it more fulfilling and more enjoyable now, like business than what it was when you started? Um, yeah, <laughs> it sort of is, you know, like, um, is it more enjoyable? Like, I don't know if um, um, it's always enjoyable, but then, you know, like it can't always be enjoyable. Um, it's much better. And um, yeah. where it was when I first joined, it's sort of back at the levels when I was sort of in, you know, year three, four, five, and everything was just wonderful. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess, really, though, you haven't thrown the towel and haven't sold yet. And like, your business would be worth a higher multiplier now too if you were to sell it than three years ago as well. Uh, yeah, like obviously, you know, the fact that we can say, you know, and we've got a lot of things documented, you know, here's our processes, here's our systems, here's the lighthouse approach, here's the lighthouse way, here's, you know, lighthouse 360, here's our intersections of influence. Um, you know, the things that were the tools that we use to get better results for clients is stuff that are quite unique. Um, it gives us a bit of a unique offering into the market. Mm -hmm is how we can deliver a truly integrated offering. It was like interesting. So um, some time ago, I put a guy on contract. Um, he um, had been running a big multinational PR company in Australia. Uh, and he goes, okay, I remember you guys um, back in about, um, you know, probably five years into my existence of, of Lighthouse. So 10 years ago, I remember you. You guys were just like the guns and, uh, you know, everything was going really good. And then he said, then things just went very quiet. Um, and, you know, we thought no one really knew what Lighthouse was doing. So within the industry, while that period of time, everyone was sort of like aware Lighthouse was out there. Um, um, in more recent times, it was like, oh, maybe that was as a res result of me having dented confidence and not being as out there as I normally would have yeah um 
And then he looked at our business. So he started working with us um, and, and helping, you know, in terms of guiding where we take the business. He has a good sounding board for me because he has industry, ex, you know, industry expertise. And he was really staggered by, A, the quality of work that we were doing. Yeah. You know, he was charging a lot more for a big multinational agency and saying the work we were delivering was much better than what they would get, you know, his staff were delivering. Secondly, the broad scope to be able to offer a 360 degree offering where, you know, we were able to not only come up with good creative concepts and deliver good PR, but then take that into the digital social environment and really build an integrated offering is going, this is amazing. You know, like you guys are really cool at like get nailing, you know, the CPMs for Facebook um, and, and, and the, um, even the lead costs. Um, amazing. You know, we did lead gen campaigns that were getting some great results. Um, he's going, you know, this is like stuff that's not out there. But because we've, you know, just get in our own little bubble and our own little world, sometimes we um, don't realize um, how, how good things are. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the gift of uh, contrast, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So curious to know what questions have you got? A bunch of you on Zoom and also I can see Heap joining on Facebook. What questions have you got for Pete? Uh, or myself about business, about his journey, about what he's learned. Um, Pete, what advice would you give those that are on the call today? Do you think they're in various stages of their business growth? Like knowing what you know now. Oh, goodness me. Um, probably getting out of the way of yourself. Because I think you're, you know, you're, you're the only person that's going to inhibit your growth. Um, mm. And we do, you know, it's either your, your confidence or the fact that you think you know better and you're not going to be willing to take in any other ideas. Yeah. Um, so I think getting yourself out of your own way and, and your own success is really important. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that was important for me. And, you know, I think in 2.0 of Lighthouse, um, it's a very different story, you know, and, and my involvements now are different in the way we're delivering to our clients as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I was always like, oh, uh, you know, I wanted my stamp on it in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Let's, let's assume that everyone's currently in their own way, because most of us are. Yeah. What sort of steps would you say, you know, that someone should take to start to get out of their own way? Um, well, what I started doing, as opposed to, you know, it was actually really interesting because I heard me talking to one of my staff in one of our one-on-ones, you know, a while ago, um, and I said, why are you doing it this way? Why are you telling them how to do things? To her, you know, because she was complaining about a junior. I said, you've got to let them learn. You've got to get them to, and, and you've also got to accept, but it's, you know, 80% is going to be okay. You don't always have to have a hundred percent. Yeah. You, as an individual, you're a hundred percent person. Yeah. It's okay for them to deliver eighty percent. You can do that last twenty percent, but don't, for goodness sakes, go and just do it yourself. Yeah. Because you're not going to learn. So, and then I thought afterwards, I thought, wait a second, I just said that. <laughs> Yet I do exactly what I was telling her not to do. Um, so it's really coming to that realization. I don't think there are any other things, and just go. Always taking that step back and going, nah, you know, I'm, I, and, and also sometimes, you know, just letting them run with it, keeping yeah. your mouth up. 
I, I had a session with um, the team where we were doing a strategy session and I had an outside facilitator. And he just said, if I hear a word from you, I'm going to walk out the door. You need to let your team talk. You yeah. need to let them take control and take, take ownership. Yeah. How many of you can relate to that? How many of you have had experiences? Um, I was only sharing this on a recent podcast I did. How many of you had experiences where you, you share something with someone and as you're sharing it, you realize, damn, like that's really good advice. I should take that and uh, actually need to be taken on board your own advice. Let me know if you can relate to that. Uh, a couple of comments like, oh, yeah, definitely me. Um, for sure, uh, weekly at the moment, says Tom. Yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting uh, how often that comes about, Pete. So get out of your own way, like assume that you're in your own way, allow your team to make more stakes. Something that we did this morning, kind of for the first time, is I said to Heather a few weeks ago, I was like, look, we're coming up to like end of end of month, um, start of the new quarter, start of the new financial year. I'm super clear of what we got and where we're going. Um, so is Heather. I was like, let's allow the individual departments. I think we've got like 14, 15, maybe 16 team members now. I was like, let the individual departments uh, converse between themselves for two weeks. And then in two weeks time at our WIGS meeting, uh, let them share what they think they should be working on next quarter to take more, like a, a team take a lot of accountability as it is, but there's a chance that we're gonna hear stuff that we don't know of. And so today was that day. So today me and Heather got to sit back and we ha had our teams um, present from the different aspects of the business, what they felt they should be working on. And it's interesting to note, there's a number of things that was aligned to what we thought. There was a number of things too that came through. It's like, oh, wow, that's a fantastic idea. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. So now me and Heather will get together and look at all that we had, look at all that they had and kind of get clear on what the projects are uh, for the next quarter because having a team share like that allows them to take more accountability for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Georgie said, every time I speak, uh, <laughs> great advice, I should be taking myself, love that. Edie, absolutely, Heather says, yep. Um, cool, over to you guys, like what questions or comments have you got? And equally too, um, regardless of whether you do have a question or comment, what have you taken from this so far? Like, I'd love to know, um, Pete, I'm sure would love to know too, like, what have you taken from this so far? Well, while we're waiting, maybe Barry, I can share one thing. Uh, but yeah, I did, um, uh, so in the winning the week, um, uh, the other thing that I didn't mention, I touch on is uh, previously, I didn't really share a lot about how the business was doing. I gave them a, you know, business is going well, and they knew that, um, you know, in previous years, they knew that they got a bonus at the end of the year meant that they, the business was tracking along nicely and that there was a nice profit um, in the business. Um, so I've started to share monthly by seeing what we're um, bringing in um, revenues. And then I said, okay, but here we are. I set this goal for us for the financial year. COVID came along, it stuffed us up, but do we think we can still do it? We're not that far off. Mm. Um, so I said, so guys, are you up for the challenge? You know, here's the number that we need. Let's go out and give it a crack. Yeah. This time that I've actually put that challenge down to them. So they know that, you know, like business development's usually through me. They even introduce me to someone, but then I take it from there. Um, I've given them a number and um, it's been like everyone's at it. I've almost now got it, you know, like those um, um, fundraising thermometers that people have. I feel I need that for the staff because 
you know, it's like everyone going, oh, I did this and it's going to be extra exit dollars on it. Um, it's amazing. But picking up phones, talking to clients that had gone quiet, who said, we'll talk in a new year. They're going, hey, I know that you said financial year we'll talk, but if you've got any budget, what about we do a campaign or what about we bank this this year so you don't lose it out of your thing? It's been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a podcast, a live stream we did earlier, I was speaking to um, this guy and what I was noticing is there's a common theme amongst businesses that we're invested in and our own businesses that have all grown in the last six months. Like during the toughest times, I think business and economy has seen probably ever, at least in the last hundred years. And I was like, there's not a coincidence. There's a common pattern there when it's that many businesses that have achieved that. And one thing that I come back to is like the questions that we ask ourselves. And so you're asking yourself the question of like, oh, how do we survive this? What sort of answers are you going to be getting and attracting for yourself? Right now, now, similar question, but worded differently. How can I grow through this? Right. Similar question, but it's going to elicit and create a completely different result. How do I survive this versus how do I grow through this? And this is where we need to start to, I guess, sharpen up the language and the questions we ask ourselves because our brain will always look to answer those um, open loops. Yeah. And like you said, Pete, you know, it would have been very easy to have looked at, at COVID and go, oh, shit, that's it. There's our budget gone for the year. Or we're not going to hit that now. But instead, you kind of chose to buckle down and say, hey, like, we're not that far away. Like, I think we could do this and plant that seed of inspiration and hope for your team. And because of the work you've been, been laying out to allow your team to step up more and more, they then had the space they could step up and step into that and bring that about for the team. And I don't know about you, but like it feels much more fulfilling when your team can start to contribute in that way than you always having to be the one that closes the deals. Absolutely. It's amazing. You know? And just the, the, the tenacity that they're showing in trying to reach that um, number. You know, yeah. And even if they don't reach it, I'm going to bloody um, you know, gift them um, big time and reward them because they've done an amazing thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think we've got any of our team other than Heather on the call here. I actually said to Heather this morning, let's, let's bonus our team this quarter because we've had a ripper of a year and they've, they've dug in and like they didn't just deal with COVID, like they, they put an extra effort during COVID and, and did all the, you know, four of the fires that came up for us, which there was a lot. And, you know, also still initiated their growth projects as well. And like you said, Pete, you know, team is kind of everything and you've got to look after them. Georgie's written here, uh, Pete, it's great to hear that you've got your mojo fully back. Um, you sound an octave higher, an octave higher than a year plus ago. Great journey, inspirational. Because you guys have obviously journeyed through, you know, Georgie joined not too soon after you, um, as well and has, has obviously ridden some highs and lows alongside you too. Yeah. Yep. Good share. So what are you guys hearing? Like, what have you taken from today's session? Please uh, share, not just for me and Pete to get a bit of um, reassurance and validation because we don't need it, but more so uh, for each and every one of you guys as well. Like when you share something, you, you know, other members will be like, oh shit. Yeah. I missed that. Or yeah, that was a great point as well. So what have you taken from the conversation? Uh, Terry said, looking at my leadership every day, uh, we've almost doubled our team in three months. And because I'm not physically seeing them, I'm thinking of new ways to communicate with them. Any suggestions on distant leadership? Uh, I got hate Pete, take the floor. Oh, look, you know, I'm not seeing them every day either because like COVID, you know, like my team were just not coming in. Um, and there was a lot of anxiety. Um, I, I actually called um, 
um, the office closed before we were forced to. Um, and so we've been just, you know, keeping our meeting rhythm going. We have our daily huddles via Zoom every day still. We have our, um, um, our winning the week still as, as the team. And the team, because um, with the winning the week, I get the team to run it. I don't run it. Um, each of them may have to go and get the, you know, get called, you know, find the successes, find the wins, find the content. Everyone contributes to our weekly wows and talks about some of the learnings that we've had, but um, they run it. Um, and so they've been doing that. Um, we also, because we were distant and we are quite a collaborative environment, we said a few other times as well. So um, as opposed to just doing our morning huddle and then that was it, everyone going off and doing their thing, um, we also had team lunch. Mm. Uh, and that was only three days. So that was three virtual, days. Virtual lunch. Virtual lunch. And that's where we talk crap. Okay, we could talk about anything. We could talk about our dogs. We could talk about, you know, our cars. We could, and then eventually some business stuff would come in and people would, you know, so it was not structured. It wasn't anything to do other than us to collaborate. And someone going, oh, by the way, I had this really shitty experience with this client or with this journal. Any thoughts? Um, so it actually engendered this collaboration. And then we just had a closeout um, uh, meet, um, you know, Monday to Thursday. Mm. Um, on Friday, it was a... 330 um, virtual Friday drinks. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great share. Um, many of you wouldn't remember or know TTC used to actually have an office, like we had a physical office. Uh, I was never there because I was just traveling all the time, um, you know, doing speaking gigs and coaching and stuff like that. But we decided to shut it down. The main reason being is what I found every time I got back to the office, the culture was terrible. And it was like, I was depressed being around everyone. I'd be there for a week and I'd lift the culture and then I'd go away again and it'd fall back over. Now we just started to hire VAs. This is probably four years ago now, maybe five years ago now. We just started to onboard um, more virtual assistants from the Philippines. And so there's always this like kind of us and them. There was a separation of, of, of two parts of the business because they were virtual and like we were, we were all here. And I decided to shut the the place down because of that and we went virtual and I actually found instantly our culture improved for us the moment we went virtual our whole entire team improved that's the way we've been since and I, I I'm closer to this team than I've ever been with anybody else in any other business I've ever worked in my life and I think that there's a few things like Pete you mentioned having a weekly wigs or weekly uh, meeting uh, is super important where there's some structure and you start off sharing your wins Right, so you can all celebrate and share those dopamine and endorphins together. Um, you kind of go through your scoreboard, you go through any major team movements, any projects on track, off track. Like that's super, super important. And to me, that does amazing things for our team in terms of staying in alignment. Slack has just annihilated emails for us. It's awesome. It's more conversational. Like being on Slack, you can just chat back and forth with someone like on Instant Messenger. And I feel the communication is far better than emails. I think it's more efficient and it creates this connection that they're almost kind of next to you in the room. Um, and then the values, Pete, like it really at the end of the day, it comes down to having, which is, which is the first couple of chapters in here, which is around vision, mission and values. Like that is honestly the foundations to build a business that works without you. And without it, not just having it on the wall, but having it live in your company, I don't think you can ever get a business to a position where it's profitable and it can work without you. Right. It was almost like scripted, you know, I talk about vision, values, et cetera. And then you, Get an opportunity to plug your book. Yeah, well, it's actually on brand colours with uh, Lighthouse. You notice that? I did notice that. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got a copy. Did you start reading it? Uh, mate, yeah, I've started. And I, I, look, I found your um, forward um, very highly entertaining. Great. <laughs> Don't spoil it. I, I've, had an, I've had a number of people write to me so they uh, had tears and like tingles reading the forward. Um, that was a pretty epic experience to experience. Yeah. No, it was, it was, a, it was great. I have shared uh, it with the team and said, hey, what do you think about this? What can we do with it? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Love that. Love that. So, Terry, does that answer your question? Um, don't be too hard on yourself. We often try to be way better than what we are. Uh, don't be too hard on yourself. Share vulnerability with the team. Like, if you feel that your leadership's not up to scratch or you feel that the culture's not there, share that. Like, hey, guys, you know, I'd love to build this amazing culture. I don't feel it's quite here now. Like, what can we do about that? Like, that's the biggest learning. Like, I've had so many, but for me, and I, I think Pete, you touched on it too, is learning to share like my vulnerabilities and my weaknesses with my team and realize I don't have to do it on my own. That's actually built a way better team than me pretending that I know everything, which clearly I don't, and they can see through that shit anyway. Yeah. And that, like we, when I have the monthly um, one-on-ones, you know, that's a good opportunity to actually gauge how you're doing as a leader as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it's amazing, you know, I, I've had some where you go, oh, really? It's quite confronting. <laughs> you, you know, you're exposing yourself um, for, for, for that and you've got to be vulnerable and, just, you know, expect it. But seeing that, it comes back to what we were, where we very first started, Pete, is that in that, you're then consciously and unconsciously giving your team permission to be vulnerable. That staff member, if they'd have been working with Pete version 2.0 now, they probably would have come to you and said, hey, Pete, love working with you, the vibe here, the culture is amazing, I'm, my job's not fulfilling me, here's some ideas. But you had your walls up, the business didn't have that connection in culture, it was probably a little bit more like domineering type leadership, top down to some degree, than more of a spider web, which you guys have created now, and which is a more effective way around culture. That, that style of leadership is very attractive to people because you, you allow them to be all they are. And equally too, like, I was blown away this morning at some of the suggestions that our team had around stuff through the business. And I'm constantly blown away with how much they care about you guys and care about the business and care about the vision. Right. But that, that to me is culture and that's what's going to build a phenomenal business and leave an amazing legacy as well. Yeah. Does that answer your question, Terry? Uh, so Anne said building self-awareness is key. How? How? Oh. What's that? I'm going to leave that one to you, Barry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a journey. Like, it's not something that happens overnight. But I, same thing, I think it comes back to starting with vulnerability, right? If you're, if you're able to express things as they come up without knowing the answers, you start to build a, a shorter feedback loop to what you're think, thinking, what you're feeling, and what you're knowing. But the longer you sit on things and you shut down those feelings or you shut down the vulnerability, you shut down having those conversations you need to have, the more you're kind of creating walls to be able to access that level of self-awareness. Whereas if you can be more freely, uh, imperfectly perfect, uh, I think that's where the self-awareness comes from. Like, I, like I'll share with you guys, I don't, I don't give a shit. Like I um, sent my manuscript out to you guys, to the eight of you that commented first in the group like two weeks ago on the Sunday. Um, and I shared my team with I shared with my team on Tuesday. I kept on refreshing like my Facebook messages and emails that day, like waiting for some 
validation or feedback from you guys that the book was good, right? Like, like truth. I'm okay, I'm okay sharing it. Like that, that was me. Now I knew that there's no way any of you would read it that quickly or read anything or even provide feedback. But there's that aspect of me that's poured like so much love, so much time, like fuck, like the last 35 years of my life into that book. And you can get that in, in the acknowledgement in the forward section to, to get it out to that position. But yet there's still that aspect of me that wants the validation as we all do to some degree, wants the pat on the back saying, hey, good job. But what I had to in that moment is, is I, could, I could observe myself, I could laugh at myself, then I could share that with my team, which means that that part doesn't have a hold of me. Whereas often we don't share that stuff and that, that becomes an unconscious, um, unhealthy pattern because we're not vulnerable enough to share our insecurities, to share a uh, level of self-awareness. Does that, does that help, Sue Ann? Validation is so dot, dot, dot. Uh, locking me up. Yeah. 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 There's a, for me, for a long part of my life, I didn't do certain things because I was too worried about what people would think. And it stopped me from making, you know, exiting relationships or friendships or partnerships when I should have. It had me attracting some pretty shitty experiences. It had me doing a lot of stuff that wasn't bringing me fulfillment and joy because I was too afraid of, you know, confronting the conversation or being ridiculed or being teased or not belonging to a certain social network. And like, we all have this. It's part of the innate part of our human being is we all have the need to belong. The number one fundamental need that we have as human beings coming from our reptilian brains is the need to belong before fucking anything because that's survival instinct, right? We all have that to various degrees. But also at... at caused a lot of lack of fulfillment for me and lack of self-expression. And for me, that's been something that I've really, I feel broken through the past 12 months is being okay to sit here and share what I'm vulnerable about or what goes on for me. Because really like your opinions of me, I don't care about. Now, sure, I'd like if you like me, but I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to help you guys and to serve you guys to the utmost best that I can. And if we get a friendship where you like me out of it, fantastic and great. But I'm also not gonna show up and try to be, be a pretend version of myself to get you to like me because you'll see through that anyway. Like you know that, that, that that's not authentic and not genuine. The same as your team know when you're sitting up the front of your office, running a meeting, pretending you have all the answers when you don't. Like vulnerability is very, very attractive. And I think that it moves mountains in business as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sue Ann. Like not good enough in stopping me um, to empower myself. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Christy, I've nearly finished the book. Uh, I've only got 50 pages to go. Feedback, not uh, far away. Good snapshot. I'm loving it. Uh, it steps you through the process and my iPad highlighted and bookmarked uh, have been hard, uh, hard at work. I can already see changes in my work and personal life. Fantastic. Love that. And you just landed your biggest client to date. Uh, so you've been in the program for like two weeks and you landed your biggest client to date. I thought I saw that on Facebook uh, yesterday or today. Uh, like Pete, Peter, my failure in business took my confidence away. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, yeah, eight days in. Yeah. Um, so, like, we can wrap up whenever you guys want. We've got another 25 minutes. But uh, I guess any other questions that any of you have that you're sitting on or things you want to share? Click to Pete, anything you want to contribute or share? Well, no, I think I've talked about everything that I can. I'm surprised you haven't got a beer in your hand. Oh, no, I've got water. And it's not even vodka. Jeez, what's going on? <laughs>
sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, any questions for you guys? Um, otherwise, we can wrap up and um, give Pete and the rest of you guys the rest of your evening. Uh, have you got any questions? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, Eddie May had, had a very similar experience to that also. Um, Terry asks, good question. Pete, what is the plan for the next 12 months? Um, it is a good question. Um, look, I've got, um, I've got um, a growth um, um, projection of 25% this year um, in terms of revenues. Um, and that's not, um, and keeping at the same um, uh, margin level um, as is important and also ensuring the cash flow is positive. Um, and then it's really, um, um, we're, we're going on a massive business, so our focus area um, is around the business development um, um, to um, go into new markets that we are currently not in. Um, so that's it's one of the, the key things. Um, and then it's really around um, team development. Um, I've got a big focus on team development this year um, and to grow teams to actually start even moving myself further away from the business. Mm. Uh, I'll just take more of a BD role really. Um, and that then uh, the guys- Which basically go, means um, beer and drinks. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. <laughs> Well, doing more, let's, let's be honest though, like all jokes aside, doing more of what you love, you know, which is front facing, people facing the things that you love and not doing the stuff that you don't love. No, I love doing it all, no. So, you know, that's one of the things, like this is the industry that I've grown up in. I love storytelling. I love to use communications to change behaviours. I'd love to, you know, like see, you know, see government legislation change for the good of my clients. I love that stuff. Yeah. That's what you out of bed in the morning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I think it's great if you could do something you're passionate about. And I, I don't think you love all of it. Let's be honest. I'm sure you love maybe most of it, but not all of it. Yeah, there are bits that I don't. Yeah, thank you. Um, so there's a couple of things. Uh, Sue Ann said, thank you so much for your authenticity, Barry and Peter. Uh, you're very much welcome. Tom, great question, Tom. Love this one. Pete, did you find that as your business grew, you found yourself feeling frustrated or overwhelmed and if so, how'd you move through it? Um, oh, so this is in version um, 1.0. No, I didn't feel flustered at all. Like I just kept on thinking that, hey, everything's going cool. And you know, I was just running with it. Um, yeah. Going with the flow, um, Tom. Um, you know, some of the, look, there were some frustrations like employing staff um, and managing staff. Um, you know, um, did I ever feel overwhelmed? Not really. I was thinking, you know, it's, I actually, at that stage, my confidence was on a, you know, really high because I was like, you know, what we're doing is what's delivering. And, you know, I am good at what I do and my team are good at what we do and we're good at what we do. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't ever get to that point where I was getting flustered. I probably worked probably far too much. Yeah. Um, potentially didn't do my health too good either. Yeah. Uh, I'm out um, doing business development in crazy ways. Yeah, yeah. A um, couple of things that I would say if I can. Um, first and foremost, like everyone handles different situations differently. Um, Overwhelmed is an interesting one. I actually coached one of our staff on it a couple of weeks ago. They were feeling overwhelmed. And I went through and coached them on um, how to deal with it. 
And then funnily enough, the next day I woke up and uh, had a couple of meetings. Next minute, I'm feeling overwhelmed, which was the first time in like a long time. First time all year, to be honest. And uh, what overwhelmed me is seeing that there's like 60 or 70 interviews over the next six weeks. Heap of decisions I've got to make with launching the book. We're moving into the US market in July as well, like a bunch of stuff going on. And more than I've worked all year. Um, and I was like, huh. There was that moment where I was like, the advice that I'd given this staff member the day before was what I needed to hear most. And so I took some time to write out a list of everything that was in my head, everything I had to do. Um, I didn't bother prioritizing, I just got it out of my head. And then I took the afternoon off and watched Netflix, which is something I never do. But in the past, I used to get overwhelmed and I would use that as an indicator to jump back in and do more because I had so much work. And I'd find that I wasn't productive. I ended up being more pissed off and frustrated and not getting much done. So these days, frustration overwhelms to me an indication that I'm doing something I shouldn't be and to actually step back, not step in. And so I had the rest of the afternoon off, woke up the next morning, which is a Thursday, and smashed it and got most of my things out, which I thought was a week's worth of work uh, in a day, just through changing the mindset. So my invitation to you, Tom, is if you're feeling uh, flustered and overwhelmed, first ask yourself the question like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing the business? And there's an indication, usually frustration is an indication that um, you're possibly doing something that's not for you to be doing, right, at this point in business. And uh, that's a whole other conversation around like our life design profile, but, but frustration is usually an indication that you're doing something you shouldn't. And overwhelmed is the same thing. You're probably taking on board way too much stuff and you haven't got a good process in place for how you manage tasks and responsibilities. Um, so potentially, the task order is a very good process that we use time and time again to remove the overwhelm. Yeah. Does that give you the answer, Tom? Uh, Steve Connolly says, Inter interestingly for me, where I may have well felt overwhelmed, I'm now recognizing as a time to take a break. Yeah. Like that's such an important thing. If you feel overwhelmed, like actually step out. You know, the shit's still going to be there tomorrow morning. But I spent so many years stepping in and it was just a waste of time. I wasn't productive and it made me more annoyed. So, yeah, good, good share, Steve. Um, Tom said, yep, bang on. Sweet. Cool. Any last questions before we wrap up? Uh, Georgie said he ready for the Goldie. Georgie, you might not have got the memo, but we had to move the Goldie online. Uh, we had to make that decision a couple of weeks ago. And that was before Victorian... New South Wales went back down into a potential partial. Georgie, uh, you can't go up to the Goldie because I still hadn't, I didn't get that memo either. Yeah. Wick, I've been considering going there and hanging out for a month. So I'm happy like to go and hang out with a few of you guys. The biggest challenge is that if you're from Perth and you fly and come back, you're going to isolate for two weeks. Uh, and there's still some challenges around borders and so forth like that. So we made the decision to go online. It's meant that we've been able to book some high-level speakers, international speakers that we usually couldn't get in the room to jump online, which we'll announce that on the 1st of July. Um, but it's also meant that we've got extra budget for November's event, which we've got a few uh, very special and amazing things planned for you guys as well. Uh, and you definitely don't want to miss that. Georgia said, meditation for 10 minutes works wonders when you're overwhelmed. Yeah, like sometimes you have to force yourself to stop and do it, but yeah, absolutely works wonders uh, as well. Huh. Don't tempt me, Pete, with a good time. <laughs> ah, you guys. Um, 
Peter, amazing. Thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your time uh, and sharing your insights with the tribe members. Thank you so much as well for trusting us and uh, sticking with the process. And obviously, you're now reaping the rewards of that ongoing um, ongoing experience. Uh, like I said, I'm on the Goldie. Uh, anyway, so it's good here. Um, Heather says, awesome, Pete. Love it. Um, yeah, before you guys jump off, what was your biggest takeaway? Share your biggest takeaway, please, before you jump off. Uh, I'd love to know what that is. Oh, uh, I. What? Oh, would I? I'd love to know what they got it took away from this. Yeah, share with, uh, let's, let's give Pete some validation, some love. Like, what did you get for him? Uh, Tom got to step up. Uh, Georgie said, well done, mate. That was great. Thanks, Georgie. Uh, what did you guys get from it? And then we'll wrap up. Do you find the hot seats are valuable? Um, like getting the insights of other members and, and their business, where they've been at, where they're going. Do you find them valuable? <laughs> Terry said, I'll virtually lead. Yes, you will. Uh, Cole said, honesty and your experience. Thank you, Cole, you're a new member. Welcome, mate. Welcome to the tribe. Uh, Tom said, I love them. Makes me feel like we're not alone. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Georgie, uh, they get your mojo back. I was worried I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was worried that I'd always be cynical and bitter. Um, you might be, Georgie. You might be exception to the rule, but no, you can absolutely get your mojo back, mate. For sure. You guys are going through some uh, amazing times right now as well. Steve Connolly, show vulnerability with the team. Yeah. And Steve, that's been something I know you've been practicing for a while. I'd, like, I'd love if you wanted to share uh in the chat what you've noticed from your team since you started doing that too um and you guys were in a very tough spot a few months back as well end of last year um so and hot seat is uh valuable sharing truth out loud yeah cool uh tony suggests they're great uh ram different ways to engage staff to uh, exercise mission vision and values yep and uh you guys all need a copy of this. It goes to the printer in 10 days' time. Uh, so I'll be sure to send you out a book as well. It's all in there. If you haven't got it from the trainings already. Cool. Let's wrap it up. Pete. Well, Barry, thanks for your time, mate. You know, look, when I got invited, I had the choice. I could have been on the phone um, or on a Zoom call with um, cricketing legends Tubby Taylor and Greg Chappell. Um, for, through the charity that I'm involved with. But I thought, why would I do that when I could spend the time with you and um, oh. great guys from the tribe? Oh, mate, you're amazing. I, I, I also thought that I was going to be going international, Barry. You know, like you had suggested that. With, but, you know. I know, I'm gutted. Well, if we... So the international platform we've got set up, it turns out it's through a different Zoom link. Um, and if we had a swap that it would have meant that the tribe members might not have found their way home. Uh, you will go international, just not live. It's going to be restreamed internationally, Pete. So uh, you'll still get your 15 minutes of fame. Okay, cool. And uh, I owe you a beer. You do? Thank you. Okay. All right, guys, have an amazing evening. Uh, go forth, change the game. Thank you, each and every one of you guys, for what you contribute and bring to the group. Uh, so grateful to be working alongside you, helping you grow. Uh, make more money, get more time and uh, enjoy your business more. Pete, forever grateful, dude. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, if you, ever, you guys want in PR, absolutely reach out to Lighthouse. The guys do an amazing job. We've done some stuff with them. Uh, they work second to none. So reach out to Pete and the team. They'd be more than happy to uh, help you guys out as well.
Okay. Until next time, guys. See you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Game Changers podcast. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd love you to do to help us and help yourself to spread the message further. Uh, make sure that you like the Game Changers on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, please subscribe by clicking the link below to ensure that you keep up to date with the weekly episodes we uh, share here at the Game Changers podcast with amazing entrepreneurs and business owners around the world. And of course, like if you're in a position where you may be overwhelmed with business or looking for a way to grow faster and more effectively, and you realize that the key to success is being surrounded by amazing people who have been there and done that before, I'd like to invite you to apply to have a game plan session one-on-one -on -one with one of my team here at The Game Changers. There's no cost. If you get through, uh, all that we ask is that you are doing a minimum of $250,000 per year to really be able to utilize the strategies and tactics and the mindset shifts that we share with you, uh, that you're coachable, that you're a decent person and you're, you know, you're willing to take on board some advice. If not, that's totally cool. Uh, but I know for me, I wouldn't be where I'm right now without the support of so many mentors and coaches and resources along the way. And I'd like to pay that forwards and give back to you the opportunity to work with uh, us one-on-one -on -one for free to put together a customized game plan. And the reason we're doing this is a couple of things. Number one is that sometimes it's just the smallest thing that can make the biggest difference. And uh, I think that entrepreneurs and business owners have the opportunity to change the world. And if we can maybe help you to, to make the smallest shift to change your life and your world, uh, you're changing ours in return. The second thing is that we are always looking for amazing clients to work with and to welcome into and invite into the Game Changers community. And so if at the end of the call, you do feel that there's a huge amount of value there, uh, that we fit, feel that there's a great values fit there, we can have a conversation about working together. But uh, this game plan call, there's absolutely no obligations to work with whatsoever. Allow us to help you with uh, the years and years and years of, of knowledge that we have in growing and scaling great companies. And uh, I think that uh, business owners are the future of the world. If there's a way that we can help you to create a better business, more profit, more fulfillment, more fun, I would love the opportunity to do that now. So click the link below, book your game plan session, make sure you follow us on social and stay up to date with the latest episodes of the Game Changers podcast. My name's Barry William McGinnity. Thank you so much for your support and look forward to seeing the next one. Bye for now.